Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer. I'm back here with you for a new episode of B-Shafe Daily. Glad to have you along for the ride with me here. But it's not going to be a very pleasant show. You knew I had to do it. You knew I had to come on here and talk about the news, the Cardinals news that emerged on Wednesday with team president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, having the Zoom conference with the media yesterday. And the biggest piece of news that comes out of it, Colton Wong is a free agent. Cardinals declining his $12.5 million option for the 2021 season. As we talked about on the show in recent weeks, we did an episode after Wong, if you remember, had the Instagram post thanking St. Louis. And everybody said, wait a minute, what what is he thanking everybody for? And he kind of shouted it down a little bit when, when asked about it, said it was thank you for all the support over the years for the birthday wishes recently. He recently turned 30 years old, but it was nothing to do with contract situation. Uh, but it's exactly what happened here a couple weeks later with the Cardinals declining the option and a new Instagram post from Colton yesterday uh, seems to add some finality to the idea that his career as the as a Cardinal is finished. The Cardinals, you know, Mosellac said he he and Wong discussed, you know, the door may remain open. They're not closing any doors, closing themselves off to the idea of a reunion. I'm here to tell you it's over. He's not coming back. If you read that Instagram post from Colton Wong yesterday, you would probably agree with me. The sentiment within that post and a post from his wife, they're moving on from St. Louis, looking forward to the next chapter in their journey. And so I liken it to the situation with Marcelo Zuna last year when the Cardinals offered the qualifying offer and it was declined by Ozuna. From that moment, the Cardinals never did engage Ozuna again Uh, Never made an offer, never had any intention of bringing him back. I think that's where the Cardinals stand right now, and here's the reason. I don't, and I don't agree with it. I think it's a mistake. I think this is a a bad move, and it's a move that you you can trace back uh, to to other decisions in the past that have led to this moment, to where they're now having to, or or their argument is that they're forced into this because of the pandemic, because of uncertainty with revenues and not knowing, you know, what what their budget, their payroll can exactly be and have them have, you know, ownership be satisfied with uh, that situation based on not exactly knowing whether fans can be in the stands in 2021, whether they're going to play a full slate of 162 games in 2021. None of that has been determined yet. And so the way John Mosellac phrased it yesterday, by declining this option for Wong, it, it adds flexibility to what they're able to do right now in what is being characterized as uncertain times. And I understand that these times are uncertain for the Cardinals and for many teams across Major League Baseball. Just already today on Thursday, the Cleveland Indians have put Brad Hand 
an excellent relief pitcher on outright waivers so they don't have to pay him the $10 million option for next year. Not only that, they're hoping somebody else picks him up because then they don't have to buy him out for a million dollars, which is exactly what the Cardinals are doing with Wong. He also had a $1 million buyout on his 2021 option. So really when you see it tossed around that the Cardinals are letting, you know, a seven, eight year member of the major league club, a 10 year member of the organization, when you hear they're letting him walk over 12 and a half million, it's really not that it's actually only 11 and a half million dollars because the Cardinals still have to pay him a million to go away. And Colton wrong. We talked about, you know, production wise this, this past season, uh, OPS was down, power was almost non-existent, but they were asking him to fill a leadoff role that he filled uh, pretty capably, by and large, had a on-base percentage at 350, uh, batting average 260s, you know, not what you want to see, but as you compare it to what the rest of the team did, there's no denying, you know, people are saying, what is the deal with this move? Like, this doesn't make them better. Do they really think that... You know, the, John Moselak said Tommy Edmond's going to get a chance at second base. Do they think that makes them better? Who, who's going to fill in the role that Edmond played last year? No, the Cardinals don't think this makes them better, and they wouldn't be able to to say that with a straight face if you know if they tried. They don't. They don't. There's no pretense here that this makes them better. It's a cost-cutting measure. They are saving money. Period. It's not because you know if there was no pandemic, there's no question that Colton Wong's option would have been picked up yesterday. There's no doubt in my mind, but because of the pandemic, that's what, that's what they're, you know, and people are saying, well, that's just an excuse. They could still afford it. Yeah, probably, but they're choosing not to because it's it's an opportunity to, to go in a different direction and save money. And a lot of people would say, you know, the defensive value that he brings is not as, impactful as uh you know having having an offensive player in that role which again the role offensively that they asked Colton Wong to fill he filled so I would disagree with that but look if you can save 11 and a half million and you can put Tommy Edmond at second base and you're already paying Matt Carpenter 18 and a half million to play third uh, you can you can have a, a roster competent enough that it, you do it for a heck of a lot cheaper I think Tommy Edmond's a nice player I, he's not Colton Wong defensively but who is and so I, I don't know what the impact on the pitching staff will be uh, from the, from that downgrade defensively going from Wong to Edmund at second base. I, I think there will be an impact there on the pitching staff. Cardinals have prided themselves upon run prevention, and they're letting a gold glove second baseman walk out the door for nothing. Probably uh, by the time it's all said and done, a multi-time gold glove second baseman. I expect he'll win that award this year as he did in 2019. Colton Wong was awarded the the Fielding Bible Award for second base today. I believe that's for all of Major League Baseball, not just the National League. It would be a surprise if he doesn't win uh, the Gold Glove as well. But that's the direction the Cardinals are going. And I bring up Matt Carpenter's name, Tommy Edmonds' name, because you look at the impact of what this actually does. All right, if Edmonds playing second base... Possibility of no DH in 2021, by the way. That's not official that there would be one, as we said all throughout the process. It's not a guarantee. They'd have to bargain for that, and both sides would have to agree to it. It's not been agreed upon. So as of right now, the status quo is actually no DH for 2021. And so it's another element of uncertainty. The Cardinals have to you know, operate without knowing all of these things, and I, I acknowledge that that makes it difficult. But again, you're not going to hear me excuse the move. I'm going to try to explain it from their perspective, but understand that I don't agree with uh, with letting Wong walk out the door. And here's 
and here's why I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back a little bit and paint a picture. 2019, March of 2019, the Cardinals signed Matt Carpenter to a contract extension, which added 37 million dollars in guaranteed money. Coming into that 2019 season, he could have played out his year and had a option for 2020, close to 20 million dollars. I don't remember the exact figure, but instead they guaranteed him salary for 2020, $18.5 million. That might have been the option value, actually. $18.5 million, though, guaranteed for 2020. $18.5 million guaranteed for 2021. They never had to do any of it. Let's make that perfectly clear. It never had to happen. Because coming out of 2018, remember, Matt Carpenter had that sensational you know, three-month stretch within that 2018 season where he looked like the best player in the world. He looked like an MVP candidate. He was great. Don't get me wrong. But you remember, he started that season slow, and he finished it slow. And so the numbers at the end of the day weren't enough to get him into real MVP consideration. However, still a great season as far as the cumulative numbers were concerned. But he had that contract coming into 2019. There was no reason they had to get anything done. Uh, They had the option, the team option for 2020. So say he went off in 2019 and had a phenomenal year. Say he was the darn MVP in 2019. That would have been great because you still had him locked in at whatever price uh, that option for 2020 was set at. And so, you know, 20 million, whatever it was, it was around that number, 18 to 20. I forget the exact figure, but you had him locked in for that. Nothing could go wrong with that. You pick up the option done. He can't make any more money than that in 2020. And then you could say, I mean, again, if you really think he's going to continue to be a stud, go ahead and let him, you know, go to the end of that 2020 season without an extension and say, play out 2020. And if you're good again, boy, are you going to get a contract extension from us? Because you've been a longtime Cardinal, a career Cardinal, and we want to keep you around and you deserve that. Instead, that's not what the Cardinals did. Because they valued the idea of a legacy player so much, they valued the guy like Yadier Molina, who when they signed him for that contract in 2017 it was for 18 19 20 and they expected that would be the end i know we're going through that again right now but at the time the plan was that was going to get yadi to the end of the career and they were going to accomplish that goal of keeping him in st louis the entire time that's why they did that contract they thought that was valuable because it's got residual value it's cardinal history it's something that matters to owner bill dewitt jr that's what he said in 2019 when they signed matt carpenter when we get a core player we like to keep him here We've made every effort to do that since I've been here and before. That's Bill DeWitt Jr. in 2019. Those are his words. That's why they signed Matt Carpenter. That was his quote in a story about the Matt Carpenter extension justifying the extension prior to the 2019 season. As we know, Matt Carpenter did not perform very well in 2019. Lower batting average, OPS was like 720 as opposed to nearly 900 the year before, I believe 897. So precipitous drop-off in his performance in 2019. All right, so that was, again, when he signed that extension going into 2019, it was for 20 and 21. It wasn't even the season they were going into. So you didn't, by all accounts, you didn't have to do it. It was a gesture of goodwill for a player that they wanted to keep as a legacy player, right? But here's the thing. Look at what contracts in baseball have done over the past few years. They just keep going down, and this was not even pandemic-related. This was a conversation we were having about the Matt Carpenter extension coming into this 2020 season. 
and even kind of at the end of 2019 before the extension actually kicked in because it was a two-year extension for 20 and 21. And we're saying, look, man, with that 2019 he had, if you had done nothing at the beginning of the year and all he had heading into 2020 was basically the same situation the Cardinals had with Wong yesterday, we have 24 hours at the end of the World Series to decide whether to pick up this option. The option was for $18.5 million. I just looked it up. Uh, even though earlier I was saying 18 to 20, couldn't remember. It was exactly 18.5 million. Look at Matt Carpenter's 2019 statistics and tell me at the end of that season, would that player have commanded even anything close to 18.5 million on the open market? No. And so would the Cardinals have picked up that option? No. Now you could argue that right now Colton Wong will not command 12.5 million on the open market. And you might be right. That's pandemic influence, though, and I, I do get the feeling some team's probably going to offer him a multi-year contract. It'll be for less average annual value than that 12 and a half, but I still think he could get an offer like that if he so chooses, or he may elect to go with a one-year deal hoping that the markets improve as fans get let it back into the ballpark. Like, this is a decision that all free agents are going to have to make this offseason. Do I go with the shorter deal hoping to bet on myself and bet on the, the, the COVID-19 situation in our in our country, and our world, improving to the extent that baseball is able to kind of bounce back financially within a couple of years. Uh, or, or maybe I want to set myself up. I believe in the players union and they're going to be able to negotiate a good uh, collective bargaining agreement after the 2021 season. And so I only want a one-year deal because I want to be able to sign. I think it's going to, things are going to improve for players at that point. That, you know, that'd be a gamble you'd be taking. We don't we don't know any of these things. We don't know if there's going to be a work stoppage. We don't know if fans are going to be in the ballpark. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So there's a lot of, of risk that is associated with this for players at this point in time. But and so I can get I can get to why does it make you so mad that Cardinals are not signing Colton Wong, even though you just admitted he might not make as much money in the open market. I will get to that. But I want to focus continue to kind of hone in on this Matt Carpenter situation because this was pre-pandemic. This was not, you know, any anything like what we're, we're dealing with now when at the end of 2019, the Cardinals could have said, look, Matt, we love you and we want you to be a Cardinal for, for life. But given the decline in production this season, we're going to have to decline this $18.5 million option for 2020, but we want to work something out with you. Whether that would have been something similar to what Adam Wainwright got for 2019. Remember, he had been injured. He had not been producing for several years uh, up to the par of the contract he had been on. He was a free agent, but he came back at the end of that 2018 season and he felt better. And so Cardinals said, we'll sign you for 2019, but it's going to be heavily based on incentives. And Wainwright said, that's fine. I want to be here. And he went out there and he did the darn thing. And he pitched really well and earned another contract in 2020. Still incentive-based, but had more guarantees associated with it to be determined what happens going into 2021. But that was kind of the formula you could have had with Matt Carpenter if you had not just voluntarily given him $37 million uh, for, for, for no real upside on your end there was no upside because when you're locking in players to contracts as the Cardinals have done the theory on that is and they've done it for years with guys that have not yet reached free agency talking about Matt Carpenter the first time talking about uh Paul DeYoung did it with Colton Wong they they, they uh, Carlos Martinez 
there have been examples of this. Some of them have worked out. Some of them have, have maybe not worked out as well, but it's always been their philosophy because you've been able to see them do it time and time again. It's, it's, it's clearly something that they, an organizational practice that they believed in. And so when it comes to this extension with Matt Carpenter, there wasn't that upside though. There wasn't the risk that if this player continues to produce, he's going to, you know, price us out in free agency and we're not going to be able to, to match the offer of another team. There wouldn't have been that offer for Matt Carpenter, uh, especially, you know, again, let's say he had his 2018 and it was great. Has his 2019. It's the exact same as 2018 OPS of 900. He's one of the better hitters in the league. Great. Sign him up for 2020 for 18, five. Perfect. He's got to do it again at that point. And then if he doesn't say, okay, we'll sign you. But you know, we, we want to start looking at this as, career winding down like they did with Yachty. Like we're, we're going to do it based on what we expect the production is going to be based on what the production has just been. So, I mean, that's all the way back to 2019 at the end of the year. They could have, because in this alternate universe, the gamble of we're not going to lock Carpenter up. It's, there's really no gamble to it, like I said, but let's just say the gamble of, hey, we're not going to lock him up. It pays off tremendously because... He doesn't have a great season, and you say, look, we think you can bounce back, and so your contract for 2020 will reflect that. Let's even push it further and say they loved what they saw from Carpenter in 2019, uh, the 720 OPS. They, they weren't worried about it, and they thought, we'll still give you that contract for 2020. We're going to accept the option, which they never would have done based on those numbers. But, he, I mean, I'm just going through extra lengths to show how big of a blunder this is turning out to be for the organization, this extension. And let's say you... Paid him eighteen five for twenty twenty. Okay. Look at what he did in twenty twenty. He hit one eighty six. OPS in the six hundreds. Would that player command eighteen and a half million on the open market for twenty twenty one, even without a pandemic? Would he claim a major league roster spot with that performance, even without a pandemic? Probably not. And so, I mean, again, I love Matt Carpenter. If you follow me on Twitter at bshafer12, you have seen me over the years defend Matt Carpenter and the contributions he's brought to the St. Louis Cardinals organization over the years because he is he's he's a guy that deserves a red jacket when when this is all said and done. And people might scoff at that because of the last couple of years. I'm telling you, that's how I feel. Matt Carpenter deserves that, you know, to be that Cardinal legacy player. I have no problem with that. It's just the way they went about it because you didn't have to do it that way. And nobody anticipated a pandemic. I understand that. Everybody out there should understand that because it's impacted all of our lives in, in many different ways. But to say nobody impacted, you know, nobody anticipated a pandemic. And so the fact that we just, you know, that Carpenter contract still sitting there and now we can't afford Colton Wong just is what it is. That's not good enough because it was not a good extension even when you signed it because you never had to do it. And so instead of if Carpenter's agreeable to it, him not being under contract for last year, not being under contract for this upcoming year, but you guys coming to the two sides coming to something because both sides want him to remain with the Cardinals and the Cardinals say, hey, we believe in you that you can bring it back but we believe in you for two years and 12 million total instead of two years and 37. And if Carpenter says, no, that doesn't seem fair to me. I would like to have more money. Cardinals would say, all right, see what's out there on the open market and come back to us. 
And now the player at that point can say, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to take my pride and I'm going to go somewhere else, even if it's for less money than I'm probably able to get from the Cardinals. Or they come back to the Cardinals and say, yeah, you know, market's not bearing what I thought it would. I do want to remain a Cardinal. And here, let's, let's talk about terms. Bake in some incentives because I believe in my ability to bounce back from this. I love Matt Carpenter, but if the Cardinals right now are cutting $11.5 million of Colton Wong 2021 salary because of uncertainty with their budget and where they feel like they can go with it given the lack of revenues, it is impossible. Matt Carpenter could be my favorite person in the world. It's impossible at that point and irresponsible to not have this conversation of look where they could be if they had done things a little differently, which a lot of people said at the time, hey, you didn't have to do this. Um, what was the upside in this move? And so it's really unfortunate because for $18.5 million for 2021, you could absolutely have both Matt Carpenter and Colton Wong on the roster if that's what you wanted. Fans out there might say, why are you talking so much about wanting Matt Carpenter back? Look what he did last year. Look what he did two years ago. He hasn't done much. That's fine, but I'm saying I'm I'm going to give the Cardinals the benefit of the doubt and say I would like to see him as a legacy player too. I'd like to see him in a Cardinal uniform his entire career, and if they're able to, and all it costs you is a roster spot, and it doesn't cost you eighteen and a half million, but instead it costs you, you know, Brad Miller money with incentives for more. Why I would do that, sure, because I think you know, I I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. Let me see Matt Carpenter be a Cardinal for his whole career. I think that's great. I know the numbers haven't been there, but I've spoken to Matt Carpenter. I've seen Matt Carpenter. I want, I believe in the guy and I want to see him do well, but there's a difference between feeling that and feeling that this 18 and a half million isn't keeping the Cardinals from retaining an actually productive, one of their better players last season, second baseman. And you can, you can tie it directly one thing directly to the other. A lot of people in light of the, the Brad hand thing will say, you know, Brad Hand, 2.05 ERA for Cleveland last year, one of the better pitchers, and they're getting rid of him? Like, and you're worried about Wong? You know, Wong didn't have that great of an OPS last year. Wong, yeah, he might maybe gold glove caliber, but, you know, what are you worried, what are you worried about that for? It, other teams are doing this too. Doesn't make it right, first of all. Second of all, okay, sure, other teams are doing this, but if you want to compare it directly to a relief pitcher, Cardinals had Andrew Miller in a situation coming down the stretch of the season where had they not pitched him in an extra game, they wouldn't have had to vest his $12 million option for 2021. But because of the number of appearances he had, which that's totally voluntary, he ends up vesting that option. And so you get basically for the same price, you've got Andrew Miller. You don't have Colton Wong. If it were one or the other, would you take a lefty reliever, a guy who I think is going to have a good 2021. And if you look at the numbers, had a good 2020. I know it was rocky because of some health stuff, and it was kind of weird in spring training. Couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. They rule out a nerve issue. Don't really know what's going on, though, with Andrew Miller. He finished the year with a 2.77 ERA. I know that it's a, a small sample size. But that's all the more reason that I would say I would rather have the everyday second baseman than, than the left-handed reliever, even a good one, which I think Andrew Miller will be. problem you run into there is, and, and people are saying it's dumb that the Cardinals allowed that option to vest, and again, in hindsight, and people are saying it at the time, so I'm not going to say just in hindsight, but in hindsight, certainly you say, now that we know Colton Wong's not coming back at the same price, man, that's sure a bad look. But the other thing is, you know, Andrew Miller, beloved player in the Cardinals clubhouse, 
important veteran on that team. Not to say that Colton Long isn't any of these things, but I, I don't think it's fair to Andrew Miller to say, well, because they didn't bring back Wong, it sure looks dumb that you know you you made sure Andrew Miller had his option vest. I don't think that's fair to Andrew Miller, and I don't think Andrew Miller is a person that uh, or a player that that people should be ragging on really, because I think he's a a highly respected guy in the clubhouse for good reason. He performed to his role pretty well overall. If you look at the numbers last season, this season, and you know that is what it is. Uh, it, it and the other thing is you can't come down the stretch of that season and say. Like, say Mike Schultz doesn't put one of their more prominent relievers into a game the last week or whatever it would have been. And, you know, Andrew Miller, a a player's union rep. Like, I'm just saying, there would have been – you could see a grievance situation. You could see that just getting to be an ugly situation for a guy the Cardinals wanted to have back this year. Now, did they know at the end of September that they wanted to have Andrew Miller back but weren't going to bring Colton Wong back? Like – it probably did. It's only been a month, so it's not really hard to imagine that these conversations were already being, if they weren't taking place even behind closed doors, they were at least being considered by the stakeholders, the people that run this team. And so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there too, that while I understand the comparison and I understand that it looks bad, let's let it look bad because it looks bad to let a productive player in Colton Wong go when the money is not, you know, overly insane you know i'm not saying it's a amazing value but i think probably over the course of a full season especially if you subscribe to whatever a win above replacement is worth if that's eight nine million uh, colt wong in 2021 will, will come out ahead on that i would have to imagine uh, the the 11 and a half million dollar difference between having him play and paying him to go away so i i do think that's the case but I want to make I want to make it more about hey it's a bad decision to let that kind of player go than well why they keep Andrew Miller they should keep Andrew Miller and have Colton Wong I, like that that would be perfectly fine if you're if you're trying to to field the best team you possibly can and that doesn't mean like field the best team you possibly can so you got to go out and sign Bryce Harper you got to go out and sign trade for Arenado and take on the contract you got to go do these things that's not even what we're saying we're saying look within reason within the the structure of the team that you've built for yourself contend and, and put the best product and the most exciting product for your fans on the field that you can. That involves Colton Long for 2021, in my opinion. Uh, but based on the way yesterday went, I don't. He's, I would be shocked if he's back with the team next season. And so I'll get into, like I said, you know, people that might ask, why are you so up in arms about this move when you acknowledge that Wong may not make that amount on the open market because of the pandemic? And my answer for that is kind of complicated because it goes back to we don't really know what the market will bring. There, It only takes one team, and this is the context we've always had for the Arenado conversation and conversations surrounding big free agents like Bryce Harper in, in past years. It only takes one team to go crazy and give a guy a crazy contract. But the scale is so much different with Colton Wong because to say that somebody would sign him to a three-year, 30 $3 million contract or something doesn't, that's not crazy. Like it might be surprising if the rest of the free agent market doesn't bear those kinds of contracts, but it's not crazy to think that a player of Colton Wong's caliber would earn that kind of deal under most circumstances. The, the, the scale is much lower than somebody signing a, a player, a great player to a 10 year, $300 million contract as has happened in recent years. This is much more attainable by a, a wider range of teams. And so coming into the offseason, 
if you had to had to have me guess what Colton Wong's contract would be, I would probably not guess a number that would on a one-year deal be higher than the, the one the Cardinals just turned down and on a multi-year deal have an average annual value higher than than the deal the Cardinals just turned down. I wouldn't be guessing that, but my confidence interval if, if for you statistics majors out there, my my confidence in that it would not be in the 99th percentile. It would not be something where I say, I know for sure he's not going to get that kind of deal because there are a lot of variables out there. And we've seen examples in baseball where sometimes one team will zig when others zag. And if the Cleveland Indians and the Cardinals and all these teams are, are turning down options for players that can help them win games when the options aren't that insane, you only need one team to say, well, shoot, we're in a decent payroll situation, we feel like, and this player can help us win. Let's just sign him to a one-year deal or let's sign him to a three-year deal. Let's, let's do it. Let's lock it in. If it, if it helps us win, we're, we're going to find the, you know, the inefficiency, the inefficiency in what the market is doing. And we're going to do the other thing. I, Colton Wong could end up being okay. And I hope he is because he, he's a, a very good player that uh, you know, I would love to see, you know, him get rewarded for that and end up financially secure with his next contract. I think that would be great. I hope he does well wherever he goes, but I guess to answer the question that I posed myself hypothetically, because I'm trying to anticipate what people are saying and what I've seen on Twitter and what I might see. And so I understand people saying, look, defensive value, you know, defense is great, but it's not what the Cardinals needed this year. They needed offense and they didn't get it. And Colton Wong wasn't pushing them over the top for that. Okay. If that's your opinion, that's fine. Uh, and, and I want to try to try to address those, those people because I understand they're out there. But if you've got the opinion that they can let Colton Wong go so they can add George Springer or so they can add a big bat, I've got some bad news for you. <laughs> I don't think that's what this is about. I think it's about generally cutting payroll, not clearing some some flexibility to add the player that you think they're missing in order to make you know a run to the World Series. They might add a bat. I think they will, but I don't think it'll be at $12 million a year. I don't think it'll be more than a one, maybe a two-year contract, and I don't think it's going to be the kind of name that's going to get you real excited. In fairness, Brad Miller was not the kind of name that got a lot of people too excited last year. Ended up being a good signing, one of the better hitters on this team, uh, especially for a portion of the season when they really needed a guy like that right after the outbreak of COVID occurred. That's the, the, the barrel the Cardinals are going to be shopping in, though. They're not going to be shopping in a trade for Arenado. They're not going to be shopping. I mean, name the big name player and then get him out of your head because I don't think this is a, a space clearing payroll clearing measure in order to make a run at a guy. It's a payroll clearing measure in order to have a lower payroll. And so if you want to say Wong wasn't the difference maker. Okay. He was still one of the more valuable players on the team last year. And they're getting rid of him and they're not replacing him. They're replacing him with Edmund who fine player. But again, that leaves a hole where you had him playing last year. You're back into the same bin you were in last year of man. I really hope Tyler O'Neill can come through or Lane Thomas can come through or, or Matt Carpenter can rebound. I mean, that's kind of where it feels like you're, you're going to end up with all of this when it's all said and done. And, and we, we still don't know about Molina. We still don't know about Adam Wainwright what they're going to do with those two guys. Uh, and maybe you add a bat in general, whether it's a, a guy that can play third, that can play outfield, that can maybe do a little bit of both. They could add that kind of player. I don't think he's going to be 
um, somebody that when, when it happens, the fan base is like, holy crap, they got so-and-so. I think it's be like, oh, okay, I see. I see where they're heading with this. Cross our fingers that that player pans out as well as Brad Miller did last year. And maybe they bring back Brad Miller. I don't know. Certainly could use another second baseman now, given that they just let the best defensive second baseman in baseball go. So, yeah, I mean, if you can hear it in the tone of my voice, I think it's a mistake. I've laid out why it's a mistake. I've rambled for 30 minutes <laughs> talking about this situation. This is a great time, though, because I'll talk about things throughout a podcast, and then I'll I'll get on a tangent. And if I ever – I try to always circle back, but I do these kind of stream of consciousness because I want it to be uh, authentic, organic, and, and let you all know what I'm thinking and, and how I view – certain situations. So if there's ever something where you say, man, I wanted to hear him dive in a little bit further on that, but he didn't send me a message on Twitter at bshafer12, or you can always leave a voice message on the bshafe daily podcast. All you got to do is go to anchor.fm slash bshafer12 slash message, record your own voice, telling me what you'd like me to talk about. Ask me a question, make a comment, rant about uh, the decisions the Cardinals are making or Tell me why you think the Cardinals are doing a great job. I mean, uh, whatever your comment might be, I would love to hear it. You could have it featured on the show in a future episode of B-Shave Daily. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast before, I would love to have you on board. You can follow it on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your audio podcast. We're probably going to be there. So would love to get you guys on board as we uh, tackle the Cardinals offseason now that the World Series has concluded. So, that's all I've got for this episode of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys. If you've got topics for me that you'd like to have me discuss, hit me up. Maybe tomorrow's episode is about Tony La Russa, manager of the Chicago White Sox. As of this recording, that news has not been made official, but it certainly seems like a possibility. So we'll try to keep these episodes firing away for you guys as we go. Uh, but hit me up if you've got any ideas. Once again, it's at B-Shafer12. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you next time.